Welcome back to the LegalSoft Podcast. In this episode, we're going to deep dive with Adam Ryman and Nathan. Adam dives into the test that he gives to law firms nationwide and why 70% of those law firms fail it. Do you think your firm would succeed? Adam also discusses the importance of lead gen and intake specialists in your law firm. Once again, we welcome Adam to the show. In this episode, we're talking about personal injury law firms, growing them, scaling them, virtual staff, and everything that your staff need to know to be successful in intake, pre-litigation, and the litigation side. Um, my name is Nathan Sumek. I'm Vice President here at LegalSoft, and this is the LegalSoft Podcast. Adam, so good to have you again. So today we're going to dive into personal injury. Uh, you've been in the industry for about 12 years, a little bit more. You've seen 200 different law firms. Um, I've worked with probably a few hundred personal injury law firms. Um, six out of my seven best friends are all in law and personal injury. And um, there's a lot of <clears throat> tips and secrets that firms can implement and have that just get them light years ahead. And one of the core things I want to go over today is what do personal injury law firms need to know um, in the first six months that they can implement to be two, three years ahead? So if you, want to, if you went out and learned it on your own and it would take you three years to implement it, what kind of tips and secrets can we give them? So in the first six months, it's as if they've been open for three, four years. So that's a great question. And, and growing and scaling a personal injury law firm, especially in L.A. County, can be excruciating excruciatingly challenging for a lot of reasons. Most competitive market in the, in the country, right? More lawyers per capita than any other city in, in America and the biggest county in America, right? Top that with the, the cost associated with lead generation, right? All of a sudden you start thinking from in a negative light, but there are ways to grow and scale. And number one, and from one, one thing, if I was just fresh off out of law school and just starting a personal injury law firm, I would niche myself in particular areas of personal injury for marketing purposes, for lead gen purposes. We're talking about dog bites, pedestrians, pedestrian accidents. Uh, any way that you can niche yourself is a better way to go from a marketing perspective. Now, from growth and skip, go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted. I think that's really important because uh, I know a lot of younger attorneys who want to go and get cases, they go to these bigger firms and say, I'm an expert in premise liability cases. And I give you 40%, 50%, and they get, right. no one wants a premise case. So go take all of them. Right. Build up your reputation, then start investing some regeneration. 100%. Don't, you know, take med mal cases that, that nobody wants, right? right? Dive into the diamonds in the rough. Now, the key to success in personal injury, there's a lot of layers to it. But it all starts and ends, as far as I'm concerned, with intake, okay? Mm -hmm. Lawyers are trained technicians, right? They go to law school. They come out. They're amazing technicians but they don't understand how to run a business. Okay? And a law firm is a business no matter how you slice it. So for me, it all starts with intake. The lawyers in the firm are gonna do what they do, what they're trained to do. But if you don't have best in class intake, you can't get the ball rolling, you can't get the revenue machine running, you can't build a business. <clears throat> Doing intake is more than just answering phone calls when they come in, right? And if you're the attorney or a case manager and they do your intake, um, <clears throat> You know, that's not it. I know you have some very core principles on intake. Right. So I'll let you lead this discussion. Yeah. So it, in my opinion, no matter what practice area you're in, but especially in personal injury because of the competitive nature of the practice area, intake is the most important piece in the machine, right? And I have a simple 10 question 
secret shopper report card that I've secret shopped over 3000 law firms in my last, in the last 12 years where I've really been able to narrow things down as far as what the, what, what an intake rep should say. And also this is how we coach and train our intake virtual assistants that you can hire through us. Right. So it all starts with just the basics, right? Yeah. People are calling a law firm on their worst day, what they perceive to be their worst day, not their best. And so can you help solve that person's problem in one call? And so what's the structure? So I know the main structure I'm, I'm seeing right now is one is you have your local intake person. Make sure they're an A-level intake staff who not only can close any deal or sign any client up, uh, but they also can track and monitor other team members that you have as you guys scale up. Uh, and then supplementing that with some virtual staff, right? right. To create that 24-hour coverage with, a, with, a, with the intake. What are the core principles that you see intake um, staff and team members need to have within the organization? And you know, what are you seeing? How are you guys seeing, how are you seeing LegalSoft tie uh, the training program that we have into the intake staff that we have? Yeah. So what I'm looking for when I'm helping our, virtu- our clients here at LegalSoft pair or match uh, potential intake reps, I'm looking for people that have worked in a high volume call center environment and have upsold something. And I don't care if it's widgets, cell phones, timeshares. If they have sold something, you're going to be much, you're going to be way ahead of the game because salespeople, they can work with in high volume, fast paced. They can take rejection sort of environment and they know how to ask open-ended questions, which is the, which is the, the key, right? How, when, why, I'm sorry. That's what salespeople do better than anything else in that sort of uh, structure, right? And they know how to ask for the sale, which is essentially, I'm going to send you out this retainer agreement. When can you sign it? I'm going to to send it to you right this moment. Can I walk you through it in case you have any questions? Yeah, I think think the upsell part is a really key thing. I know one thing that we look for is that upsell capability because what else you're really just an order processor. And it's just calling to do one or two things, but... If they have any questions or things like that, they're caught off guard. So being able to have that upsell capabilities and with experience of that, um, intake definitely needs that. Right. And it's also why I typically shy away from folks that have customer service experience. Not always. But customer service people, from my experience, they can't say yes. They can only say no. Right? So that's why I deviate towards or give extra pointers for folks that have worked in that high-volume call center environment and have upsold something. For sure. What is the what is the outline for an intake staff? What is the this is how you do intake? What does that look like for you? I know you've called one of the law firms I worked for before. Yep. And my guy was didn't answer the first call, was cursing on the second call, um, and then wasn't too knowledgeable on the firm itself on the third on the on the call. He was cursing. If you were trying to see if he matched your personality. And he was like dropping the F-bomb. Yeah, we got you. F that person. Yeah. So. Um, I don't suggest that strategy. Yes, no. Yes, so so yes. what is it? What is it? What's the strategy? So number one, if you're looking at, if you're, if you're in a, if you're in a high volume firm, you, the best of the best in intake can handle somewhere between a hundred to 120 leads per month. Okay. So you're want to task your intake people with intake and follow up. That's it, right? From my experience, and I'm sure from yours, as soon as you start splitting responsibilities in a law firm, that's when people gravitate naturally towards the things they like to do better than the other and something gets missed. So you can't split responsibilities. So that's number one. Personal injury, it's not worth it. 
Exactly, 100%. It's too competitive. You, the speed to lead is the number one factor in conversion, yeah. right? You have five minutes to less than five minutes to convert a lead in, into a signed client for your firm, right? Turn a contact into a contract, five minutes, and the lead starts to get cold, okay? So the call structure has to be really basic. It's 10 simple items, right? And just, just to give you an idea, 3,000 secret shoppers, 10 years, the law firm average across the country is 30%, and it hasn't gotten any better in 10 years, which gives us great hope, right? Because if you can implement the best practices in intake in your firm on a scale of, of 100, so the best you can get is 100 on a secret chopper call. Law firms average 30% nationwide, 10 years, hasn't gotten better. Never, doesn't get better, right? So, um, so if you can implement the best practices, even if you're a fresh, off the boat lawyer, you've handled three cases in your life. It's not about your background experience. It's about what kind of intake can you put in, your, in place in your firm that's gonna help you sign up more clients. It's very simple, it's 10 pieces. First name, last name, email address, phone number. How did you find us? Tell me about, tell us what happened. And no matter what happened, right? You have to say you're sorry. I'm really sorry to hear you're going through this, but you called the right place. I'm really happy you called us because Nathan has helped over 3,000 people just like you in his 10 years since we opened our doors. When can you come in and meet with him? If you're setting in-person appointments. If you're not and you move to a model, the post-COVID model of sending out DocuSigns, get it out. What percentage of firms think their intake team does that, but they never audit? 100% of them. There's three things that go on in a law firm. Now, you worked in law firms. You know there's three things that go on in a law firm. There's what the owner believes is going on, right? There's what the staff tells them is going on. And the third thing is what's really going on. And what's really going on is they don't know what they don't know. They're not tracking their leads, right? They're, doing, they're not doing the little things to grow a business. And <clears throat> what do they do if they're not doing that? What, what's the strategy? Because they can't just empty their workload. They can't just empty their caseload. Um, sometimes they don't have a partner. Sometimes you have the business partner and you have the litigation partner. Some firms don't. Yeah. So I call a law firm owner and I say, look, your conversion's at less than 10% overall based on the data, the little bit of data that I've been able to gather. And they will typically say, well, shit, well, shoot, I'll just invest in more leads, right? I'm going to dominate the world. I'm going to dominate the market. And that absolutely defies logic. Business logic is completely against that. Don't spend more money, right? Yeah. Do a better job with the leads that you're getting, right? Invest in the firm. Yeah, you can double your case signups. You can double your firm's revenue. You can double your net take home 100%. just by a little tweak in your conversions. You can convert 128% more of your lead. Uh, you can improve your conversion by 128% if you do a couple simple things and not spend more money. Let's talk about tools. Okay. Intake tools. What are, separate from the companies that we recommend and want to use, what are the tools that every intake staff need to have? 100%, no doubt, if you're getting 100 plus leads a month, you need to invest in a CRM for your firm to track your leads. It's too hard to nurture the leads, follow up, send text messages, and all those necessary things for conversion if you don't have a CRM to back you up. And now they're like free. You can get CRMs. That are totally. You can get low priced. We can name a dozen of them that you can utilize. And I don't care which one it is. You really want one though that will, will at least bridge to your practice management software is it just makes your life easier. And there are some softwares that come with both, but if, if you can't, you know, if, if your budget's tight, I don't care. 
track your leads. It's just that basic. And if you have to, if you don't want to invest in software, use a Google sheet or an Excel spreadsheet. Doesn't matter. Yeah, we have actual spreadsheets that we've made that firms can use that are completely free. Yeah. That track the whole thing and do the whole thing. Um, so if they need a free one, we have it. Perfect. You need something to track that later gives you the report. Yeah. Um, okay. And then one thing is also voice over IP systems. There's some <clears throat> high tech voice over IP systems, um, internet phones that can make an outbound phone call based on the area code they're calling to. So if you're a 213 and I'm a 310 or whatever it is, um, my area code won't show um, 310, it'll show 213. Right, it will match, exactly. Um, all those things help with conversions and then also having a system that can leave a ringless voicemail that automatically will leave a voicemail for your clients every single day at 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. as if you called leads that are one year old or yeah. one week old or whatever it is. Um, and then we for sure need the automated text follow-up, um, automated, and we even see people send MMSs uh, and pictures of checks or people or everything like that. Yeah. Um, and now let's jump into anything else on, on intake on your side. So intake, yeah. If, 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 you're, if you're getting 100 leads or more a month, you need intake specialists, no doubt about it, or you're losing money. You need tracking, um, and you need to have the – you need to call us. We'll help you with best practices. For me, it's for every nine or so leads, depending on the quality of the leads, you need one intake person. Every nine leads a day. So, for instance, right. because you might get to half of those, and the next day you have five more, so your next day is now 14. Right. Then it grows on. By the end of the week, you're at like 60 leads that's on to follow up on, and it's just not worth missing one case for because their staff is so inexpensive. right? You can get a full-time staff for like $2,000 a month. Right. That's training intake. Get as many as you can. Get that case signed up. Yeah. So part of my eight-week program that I've, that I've taught for the last 10 or so years, my intake fundamentals program, we talk about best practices and follow-up also, right? If I call 10 law firm owners, right? Or if I get, if I get a, a law firm owner calls me and says, hey, Adam, and again, I've worked for a digital agency in the past. These leads that you're generating for me stink. They're horrible leads. I always respond with one question, and it is, how long does it take you to call your leads back, right? The law firm owner, again, this falls back on that other thing. We we're talking about how they don't understand what's going on in their firm or they're challenged by that. They say, well, we call them back in about 24 to 48 hours. Okay. Now, just so you know, leads start to go cold in a matter of minutes. If you're waiting truly 24 hours to call a lead back, you only have a 17% chance of converting that lead into a signed client for your firm. Now, the crazy thing is if, we, if I ask, the data backs me up on this. It actually takes law firms an average of 3.6 days to call a lead back. So, right, is it uh, minutes, 24 hours, or is it 3.6 days? If you're waiting 3.6 days, you may as well not even call because they're dead, right? Take this away from, from, from today's conversation. All the good leads go first, okay? The TBIs, the broken bones, right? I hate to say it, you know, death cases. They're going first. All the good leads go first in PI. So if you're not first to the trough, you're last. You may as well not even. One more topic. Talk to us about receptionist services versus having your own team in there. Typically, and on average, receptionist services, they won't do a full intake. They take a message, okay, which just, I think, exasperates your problem. It makes your problem. It doesn't make your problem go away. I actually talked to a law firm owner today in personal injury. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm paying this reception service 
$3,000 a month. And I said, let me guess, they don't even do an intake for you. No. I said, do they set appointments for you? No. So they just take a message and it's costing you three grand. I said, listen, that model is not sustainable. And you can't communicate with that person. Right. You don't know who was answering the phone. 100%. It's a random person every single time. They're not invested in your firm. They don't love your baby as much as you do. All these things, right? So I said, it's an absolute no-brainer to invest in one of our virtual assistants who does a full intake for you and helps you grow your firm for less than what you were paying with the receptionist service. Yeah, and I think a huge part of that is like a testament to some of our biggest referral sources are lead generation companies. Uh, for instance, that company, Law Push, they refer us all of their clients uh, to just set up the intake departments for them. Right. Um, a lot of times they send their communications to third-party um, companies and things like that where they don't know who's answering it, where leads are going. Yep. Uh, but we set it up, uh, we manage the team, we train the team, and they have full-time intake service for $2,000 a month or 24 hours really would cost you like eight grand a month for 24-hour intake team, which would cost the same as one in-house intake manager, especially here in California. Right. No-brainer. Absolute no-brainer. Awesome. Yep. Um, I want to dive into a little bit about case managers. One of the most vital parts of a law firm, um, it does two things for firms. One is it keeps current clients satisfied, uh, and then also it allows you to grow your current client base and eventually settle more cases. Um, I think one of the common things that we're hearing, especially here in Los Angeles and a couple other major cities with case managers is a few things. One is hard to find, hard to keep, um, and once you find them, they want more than your attorney sometimes. All three correct. A few positions I want to dive into with you is case managers, legal assistants, um, client advocates, and then also document collection teams. I think we've broken this thing down so you don't have one case manager who does everything and can just get up and leave and your whole thing's messed up. Uh, but some of the larger firms we work with and now smaller firms are adopting uh, this method of having um, pods or silos that each hold like 250 cases, one senior case manager, document collection, uh, and legal assistant, and the client advocate that helps two or three pods. Uh, I'll let you kind of talk about your experience with case managers, what you recommend, sure. and then I'll jump in. Yeah, you, you, you touched on so many things, and it's exactly why we've done what we've done with breaking them down into, you take in one role, which has historically been handled as one role, and we've broken it into four pieces, which is genius. Because if you think about it, most, most case managers full-on, full-time case managers that will cost you $80,000 a year here in the LA market plus will handle everything. They're client liaison. They, they do document retrieval. They have to put everything together in a nice little package, tie it up with a bow so they can then pass it off to the demand person, right? So the demand can be written, right? If you lose one of those people, you've actually lost four positions in one big swoop. Person comes in and says, look, I got a job offer down the street from law firm X for an extra thousand bucks a year. I'm leaving. And they're out the door, right? And you're all the way back to square one because that one person has so much power in the firm. That's just the best way to describe it. So by breaking it up, it's a brilliant move on our part. We take credit for this in that we can actually manage the client experience from start to finish. Personal injury clients, buyer's remorse, and this is well known, Buyer's remorse and personal injury sets in at about 90 days, okay? Potential client comes in, they, attorney or whoever's doing the consult signs them up, says, hey, this is going to probably take about 
12 to 18 months start to finish. Client hears, oh great, I'm gonna get a check in 90 days. So in 90 days is when buyer's remorse kicks in. That's when the calls start coming in, where the client starts saying, why did I hire this person? I've never heard from them, okay? So you've gotta institute a process in your firm where every single client in your book of business gets a phone call. And in personal injury, I like to do it twice a month. But if you can't do it, do it at least once a month. And it's a status, it's an outbound status call, right? And you just say, listen, hey, this is Jack from so-and-so's law firm. Jack was thinking about it. He wanted me to give you a call. Nothing's changed from our end, but we just wanted to see how things were going on your end, right? Do you have any questions for attorney so-and-so? I'll write it down. Nope. Great. Well, glad to hear things are going well. Keep up the good work. Keep, keep, right? What that does is it cuts down on 90% of the inbound status calls that law firms suffer from that can actually hand choke them out. You can be choked out by inbound status calls in almost every practice area in the land. Yeah. And what's so great about that is you don't need your senior case managers to doing that. hundred percent. Because exactly what you just did, you didn't solve anyone's problem. You didn't try to figure anything out. All you did was identify if there's a problem or not. If there was, you give it to a senior case manager. So that'll reduce, you know, 75% of all inbound or outbound phone calls your team would do. And this was actually a solution we tried after we tried launching a few of these different mobile apps that are out there for case status. Clients didn't want to go to case status. They want to work with an attorney um, or they want to work with the law firm and reach out to them and do that. So that client advocate position that you're talking about uh, for a personal injury law firm, just touching on the clients every you know, um, twice a month via text message or phone calls, um, asking the clients and the intake process, how do you prefer to be communicated with? Text message or phone call, okay, great. Anna's your client advocate. She's gonna text you every so often. Uh, that one person who's gonna cost you $2,000 a month um, can manage up to like 500 plus people. And your retention and your drops, all that is handled. Um, the client with a drop, they text Anna. Anna, this firm sucks. My doctor hasn't called me in two weeks. Right. I was supposed to get surgery. I was supposed to not get surgery. And uh, you know, Monica didn't call me. And then just respond, caring, loving, and you know, get the turn on the call, save that case. Yep. Um, talk to me about one of the biggest backlogs in the personal injury law firm, uh, medical records and collecting documents right. and then getting it ready to write that demand that we're talking Could be a disaster. A lot of times you have the um, case managers, A-level case managers who are doing the end-to-end process. Um, and the first thing to take away from them is the... Uh, document collection, right. right? How are you seeing firms leverage overseas remote document collection? Yeah, it's very, very complicated in some states. California, there are different providers. There are different terms and conditions for how you can collect and gather this data. You need a release for everything. It can be very, very high. There's It's high stress and there's a lot of work associated with it, right? So imagine you're a case manager and you're being tasked with all these things, collection, client liaison, getting the files ready for the demand team. It's just not a, it's, it's, it's not a great way to operate. So by peeling off that sort of tedious task, you can save your firm and leverage many more cases out of your case management team. And, every, and, and, again, and again, make people, their work experience a lot more enjoyable too. So there can be different terms and conditions depending on who the provider is. And you can have overseas folks do that 
by putting in the request, getting an understanding of how the different providers operate. They can do the outbound calling to the provider saying, where's my bill, right? Those sorts of things and just get that out of the case manager hands completely. And there's two, th uh, the, for tracking KPIs of those, first thing is with a client advocate, um, one thing that they find out, firms find out is 70% of the firm's problems come from just one or two case managers. They find out while they're calling that one or two case managers hasn't called um, their clients once a month or once every two months or even once a quarter. And they would identify that and have conversations with that team member and get them up and running and find out what's going on. On the medical record side, one thing that we've implemented and I've seen some really large firms do um, is to create a lack of better terms, an aging summary report on medical records. If a medical record or document goes above two, above 10 days to get collected, it starts to turn red or yellow. Once it gets to 14 days, it's red. After 14 days, senior manager gets involved, says, what's going on here, let's collect that. But it's like a dream. When I talk to personal injury lawyers, they say, I need a medical records to be collected within 14 days. And we tell them, we show them how, and they're finally wowed and they're sold on that part. Um, so tracking and monitoring with the overseas staff is much easier in your local team because uh, they're used to it. We help them set it up. Uh, but you have to be tracking internal client um, happiness, success with your staff, and how long it takes to get your medical records in because then you can go write your demands and 100%. get money in the business. I've helped dozens of personal injury law firms come up with KPIs through the years. And one of the KPIs that I always implement is days on desk. In other words, how many days has this particular file been on a particular desk, right? So you can measure. If it's with case management, what, what is our expectation when you're going to turn that out, right? So when you're going to get that on. And then when it gets to the demand writing stage, how many days is going to be acceptable as a law firm before you get that demand written, churned out, and sent out so you can start collecting money? Exactly. And I think, and I think one thing on top of that is uh, with case managers, when we talk to lawyers, they always think, I can't pass this off to someone overseas. I can't pass this off to them. And really, when you break down personal injury law on the pre-litigation level, there's not much you can't pass off. Um, on the, on the pre-litigation level, you um, have a lot of just, you know, first is opening up new claims. Sometimes case managers are on the phone for an hour on hold to even open up a new claim. Right. Uh, so the most they can open up is like three claims a day, and that's all in overseas staff. Um, scheduling treatments, property property damage, scheduling, uh, any type of appointments for them. Um, and then even having remote case managers who are assistants to the senior case managers. Where the senior case manager still dictates the case, manages the case, says get up a zero, don't get up a zero, whatever they recommend um, or suggest. Um, but this assistant can um, you know, make sure that the clients attend their first treatment, for instance. Right? One thing that you see is Clients who miss their first treatment have a tendency to miss a lot more. Right. So if you keep them on track to make the first one, keep it serious, make sure they actually attend it, it's a huge success moving forward. Um, but these attorneys, some case managers have 70 to 120 cases. So doing all of that is very, very difficult. It, it is. It's, it's a really, really tough task for, for internal case. Most case managers that I've worked with have 100 cases minimum, right? That's sort of, but you're right, somewhere in that 80 to 120 seems to be the norm. But... Yeah, it's just it. It's a it's a recipe in it's creating you're creating a disastrous setup in that you're going to burn people out, right? You're going to churn them out. You're paying them. You're overpaying them, right? And so, 
Um, <clears throat> yeah, there's absolutely nothing in a PI firm, personal injury firm, pre-litigation that cannot be done overseas. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Awesome. And then for the pre-litigation <clears throat> pre side, anything else? On your side, I think the, the main stuff is you know, whenever you have an A-level staff, it's important to build them up. I mean, I think a lot of corporate environments, you have you know, um, staff, and you have senior staff, and you have VP, and then executive, and they keep growing. Right. In the case, in, in a personal injury law firm, it's pretty similar, where you have case manager, senior case manager, uh, and then they just get three or four staff under them who are overseas, virtual, who help do a lot of the legwork. Hey, you're so senior, you know how to build a case, you know how to manage a case, you do that. Don't open up claims. Don't do case. Don't do case. Basic case management. Collect documents. Um, and we see firms who, internally in their office, they have six people in one office, just all over the place in one little room. Um, now they're growing to hundred-person law firms, but only like twenty-five people in the office. Right. Um, anything else on your side for? Yeah. So in case management, I, I I tell that I tell that story. I teach all my coaching clients. You must have outreach to every single client in your book of business. And, and I get these weird puzzled looks. And I think the thing that you take away from that is no law firm that I've ever worked with has ever been reported to the state bar for over communicating, mm. right? It's always the opposite. I like that. So over communication is the key and personal injury is top, top of the food chain as far as who needs to be touched on a regular consistent basis. And it can't be your case manager. It can't be you, the lawyer. It's got to be that dedicated liaison who handles all of those client-facing activities every single month. And the, th the note that we'll end on for pre-litigation case management is your best cases that you'll ever get come from referrals. That's right. And if you don't manage a case well, you don't have that client advocate following up during, before, and after. It might be a minimum policy case now, but that six-figure, seven-figure, eight-figure case that you want to get, and it's the only reason you're actually in business, um, comes from referrals. That's right. And so having the right infrastructure, having the right team uh, really makes that possible to get the referrals back. And then we do the client advocate package that we have and all these other things. But it's really, you're doing all this work to get a few of those referrals. That's right. And the client advocate should also be reaching back out to your referral partners and thanking them for their business. 100%. The way to get reciprocity is to thank someone for their business. And I thank people for business for our business every single day when I'm on the phone. New existing client, every single one. The first opening line is, first off, I just want to thank you for your business. That goes 100 miles with your clients, 100 miles. And it's not hard to say, right? It's not hard to thank them for their business. It's just that simple. And law firms just don't do it. They just don't do it. No. Yeah. Awesome. Personal injury, pre-litigation, case management, there you have it. Some of the most well-known litigation attorneys use the services and, our, and how we can help. And um, some of the main services that we offer with the litigation side, uh, first is the paralegals, second is the remote attorneys. Uh, when I talk about remote attorneys, everyone's like, what? What is this? Um, and so our organization has partnered up with uh, about 15 law schools um, in seven different countries. Um, we then do an introduction to LegalSoft and the LegalSoft staffing agency. Um, we also are friends with the different Facebook groups and programs uh, globally for international attorneys who are looking for a job in the U.S. Uh, none of these people are none of these people are licensed in the U.S. They can't file or things like that. 
uh, but they are an attorney in their countries. Um, what works is you can basically hire a full-time attorney for a little less than $3,000 a month, a senior one, maybe for like $3,500 a month. Um, we get a full-time attorney for less than one local assist, legal assistant. Um, they help with everything from motions to discovery to demand letters to depo, um, deposition support and uh, discovery is a big one. Um, and then trial prep and all of that. Um, we've This is kind of been blowing up for us. We launched a brand, the brand Remote Attorneys. We currently have a wait list out there right now. Uh, what's been your experience working with attorneys, getting access to remote attorneys and paralegals and things like that? Yeah, so it's interesting because the last, I would say, six weeks, I've noticed this, su this surge in demand for our remote attorney service, which means not only are, are we have we placed some really, really amazing folks already, but that this is just sort of taking off like a wave. Again, it just relates to the post-COVID world and the challenges that law firms are facing right now in hiring staff at every single level. And attorney level might be the worst of all. The reason is you have, again, fresh off the boat, brand new uh, um, attorneys just passed the state bar exam, right? They have school loans to pay back, right? And they come out of the gate wanting an exorbitant amount of money annually to work in your law firm. And it's happening every single day. And lawyers have had it. Law firm owners have had it. And they're there so, for one year, two years, three right. years, and they're gone. You're training your competitor. Why would you do that, right? Okay. Instead, you get hungry international JDs who want to work, get the experience working for a U.S. law firm, and also for the law firm itself. Personal injury, a lot about personal injury. If you ever look at some of the large national PI firms, it's all about cachet, right? So a small firm that may only have 50 or 100 clients can list on their website six attorneys, right? And it's an image and a brand thing that says, hey, We've got this big operation here, but we still treat you like a boutique firm, right? That's a big, that's a big adage. The way that I position the virtual attorney, uh, attorneys to our, our clients who are looking to grow is if you're litigating cases, the attorney is essentially, the virtual attorney who, who works for you is essentially providing you with a trial in a box, right? You can be walking up the steps, the courthouse steps to, to, to present your case in front of the judge and your virtual attorney in, in overseas is handing you that trial in a box. It's fully prepared and ready to go for you. And you can't do any better than that for 3000 bucks a month. Absolutely not. Interrogatories are done. Discoveries done. Summaries are done. Everything is ready to go. And they hand it to you. And it's like off to the races you go for yeah. 3000 bucks. Yeah. And for them, I mean, a lot of times the feedback that I hear is uh, there are more attorneys work harder than my local internal team. Um, they're messaging on Slack back and forth. They love the job. And um, whenever you get a huge settlement, you give them a small bonus and over the moon and loving and supporting it. Um, and a lot of the opportunities that they have in their countries are not like this, right? How can someone ever imagine, you know, being in, the, being in like Nicaragua, Ecuador, Dominican Republic, Colombia, but having a job in a Los Angeles litigation law firm? or you know, anywhere in the States. Right? It's an amazing opportunity for them to come try and learn, an amazing opportunity for lawyers here to find hungry, um, ambitious staff globally. Um, so it's really cool having collected everyone. Yeah, you find people globally that have passion for the job. They're excited to have this job. They're honored to have this job. So they show up for work and they work their tails off. They work, <laughs> they work really, really hard 
and so that I think is why that S that's, and I would anticipate that that continued pressure on us to continue to bring in more attorneys is going to continue to ramp up over the next several years would be my guess because it's, it's on fire right now. We're here for it. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Yep. Well, Adam, that's the litigation side. Um, if anything else comes up, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into it. Um, we do a little bit on the demand as well. We have demand writers and all that. Don't worry. You can break things here. Um, besides that, you know, thank you so much for being here, Adam. Uh, these are always so much fun. I'm excited for our team to listen to this and learn. I'm excited for the industry to listen to this and learn. Um, if people have questions. We're always available. Um, just contact our team and we'd love to do a consultation. 100%. Anybody wants to talk to me for 15 minutes or anybody on our team or my team, please feel free to reach $1,000 every 15 minutes. $1,000 every Done. 15 minutes. I'll be there. We'll do happily do a strategy session and talk about how, ways that you can grow and scale a law firm. We we just have the experience, so please reach out. Adam at LegalSoft, Nathan at LegalSoft. There's a link in the bio.